Welcome to Art and Motherhood Unfiltered. My name is Brandi Hofer. Thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, so we chat to Ekaterina Popova, or Cat for short. Um, not only is she a beautiful painter and artist, um, yeah, not just paintings, but all sorts of things. Um, she is the founder of Create Magazine. She is the head of the Art Queens and so many other things. You should definitely check her and her stuff out. She is also in our current spring collection, Born Free, Live Wild, and we have one of her beautiful pieces. It's called March Breeze, and it is just, we get so many compliments on it. Um, it's definitely, if it hasn't sold already, um, it will sell. Um, we chat in this episode about everything from goal setting to health and big life changes to, of course, Harry Potter. And <laughs> we got dorky at the end there. So um, I love this episode because it was just so free and and light and it was such a fun chat. And I'm so grateful that Kat sat, well, sat down with me from... I think her studio is like in Brooklyn or something like that. No, I don't know. I just made that up <laughs> somewhere over there. <laughs> wow. I could Google it. Um, anyways, she's an American artist and where am I going? But yeah, I'm super grateful we chatted and it was so much fun. And I actually really like listening to it. So I know you will too. Um, so here it is. You have grown such such an amazing like umbrella of you know, and it's all women, right? Too. Yeah. Yeah. How many people um, do you have on your team? Oh, for my um, is this by the way, is this recorded or is this re is this just us chatting? This is all recorded already. <laughs> is that okay to say? I just wanted to know if I'm in my putting on my podcasting voice, which isn't that different from. <laughs> oh no. Keep your voice. I like your voice. Okay. Why once again, I yell, so. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, I, I got it. <laughs> so thank you so much. Yes. I've grown. It is all women on my team. And I think it's, it's honestly like what we're just talking about. Like the, the, the fact that I'm just, I hate doing certain things and I'm not good at them, but I have all these ideas and I want to see them in the world and just humbling myself and also trusting um, trusting myself to be able to come up with the resources to pay people too. Um, it's been like a big growth thing for me for the past few years. So I have Alicia who helps with writing and she contributes to the podcast as well. Um, we started the gallery together, but that's her baby now. Like she's doing an amazing job with that. Um, I have Christina who's helping edit the magazine and um, write and we, I have Sarah. So I probably have like all together around 10 people helping with between art queens and the magazine and podcasts. And none of them are full time. They're all independent, you know, kind of freelancers that help out, which to me right now, I think it works for all of us because they can still pursue their big passion projects and their artwork and their businesses. Um, but they can also get paid for their expertise yeah, <laughs> things sure. that I'm not good at. So it's been really cool. Um, definitely intimidating. I think hiring someone was one of the biggest hurdles for me. Like, Oh my God, here I go. Like, what if I have to let them go immediately? Yeah. <laughs> I know you're like, so I have not any money really, but I love <laughs> for you to be on my team 
Exactly. Yeah, that's how it really started. Well, the first time I hired my assistant, Sarah, God bless that girl. She's amazing. She was still in college. She was in my alma mater, Kutztown University, and someone recommended her. And I paid her by like sending her to New York and just saying like, here's a bunch of free art fair passes. And can you just like do an Instagram takeover? Because there was no way I could go to all those fairs all the time. And so she did an amazing job and she ended up like staying over at a friend's house in Brooklyn. Um, And then she ended up helping with online stuff. And now she helps online. Um, I'm so grateful for her. But yeah, I, I couldn't pay her at the beginning, but she just was very inspired and ambitious and willing to to do that stuff so thank god yeah. <laughs> and now i can see her <laughs> and it's like you kind of like you needed it you needed one another and it grew into something probably better than you ever even imagined right yeah for sure it really taught me so much and you know and i'm probably taught sometimes even it teaches the other person like what they do or not or not want to do you know what I mean in terms of their own art career so yeah it's been really cool and eventually I do hope you know once I'm a little more stable even though I'm doing really well I think in terms of business like I would love to see the same numbers for a few years before I commit to some full-time people Mm -hmm. but it would be really great to have like people with the same vision who want to stay on this journey for a while I think that would be like the next level (laughs) yeah I mean an in like a full year income when you think about the that is such a huge thing and of course you want that and you want to support people and pay them what they deserve but like a hundred thousand dollars is like a hundred thousand dollars exactly (laughs) yeah and just not to commit to it and then have to shut the whole thing down completely you know Mm -hmm. and I think most people who decide to help out small um, businesses and artists understand that so I think most people are not in it for the money, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's like an energy exchange almost. Like you're really just like so excited and you're, you both believe or you all believe that this could grow into something meaningful and, and beyond expectation, all expectation. For sure. Yeah. There is no way that especially our queens could have grown this much without support, you know, because for me with like for with our queens, for example, what was really important is to acknowledge everyone as much as possible. I didn't want it to be another like random void. I wanted it to really be a community. So but that obviously takes energy and time for someone to commit to like reading every comment, replying to everything or not everything or at least as much as possible. Right. So that has been really helpful, I think, to also then create members who are equally generous to each other. And I think, you know, you and a ton of other art queens that were there from the beginning, just you all support each other. And it's so beautiful. I can never take credit for it. But initially, I think it does take a little encouragement and resources to like to show people like this is how we want to be in this space. Well, of course. I mean, you set the bar for, I would say... Yeah, so people who don't know, but I'll say in the beginning, but um, people who don't know, you started the Art Queens and with your team and and you had the idea, but I think what sets it apart is the um, abundance mindset and that everyone can share their wins, their losses and everything and and not be afraid to be like oh we don't allow that here we don't allow self-promotion or whatever right like everyone gets 
to be like, look, or look what I'm doing, or here's a way to support me. And people do like, I've never been a part of something like that. And it's, and I've been doing it for 15, like I've been painting for, this makes me feel kind of old, but like 20 years <laughs> now. Awesome. And it's crazy to think about, but like professionally, um, like almost 15 years and it feels so good and it has allowed um, so much to happen. And it, it um, gives you like someone to base what you want to do off of, you know, someone else who is doing something, you're like, Oh, I get it. Okay. Well, I want to try to do that too. And then the people who see you, they're like, Oh, how did you do that? And they ask you, and it's just like a whole full of levels of people. This is my, I'm so bad at explaining things, but so many levels <laughs> of people supporting one another in so many ways. And it's, it wasn't there before, especially for females. Well, right? Thank you for being a beautiful part of it. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately the reason, and this is why I think like, no matter what happens to us, it could always be used for good. The reason why our Queens has this strong mission of abundance and support is because I went through something so painful, literally just a few months before I launched, um, I was, Alicia and I were creating these workshops and we just finished writing a book and this person, unfortunately, a woman came after us with such, you know, just bullying and accusing us of things and basically telling us that we can't be, <laughs> that we can't be and we can't do what we're doing. And so um, what we were doing before was working great. And it, it caused me especially to pivot because I never wanted to get attacked on that level. And I never wanted anyone to experience that. So I knew what I didn't want. But on the flip side, I also did have role models that were doing it right that I'm like, I don't want to be like that bully. I want to be like this, like, confident, calm, supportive person. So um, yeah, it's, it's what wasn't there before, but also the contrast of like, how bad it could be. Yeah. <laughs> that inspired me to like create a little safety in our corner. So as terrible as that was, like, you're probably very grateful for it, because you're like, wow, we need this, like, I need this. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's part of, you know, anyone who wants to start a business or even just a side project, I think that's how we eliminate competition too. It, if it wasn't for that woman, I probably would continue on with a generic, like, you know, artist business class, like just not thinking to my own personal experiences, but having that threat, having someone tell you that, you know, in, my, in our case, she accused us of taking content from her, which we didn't, but it was, it I take responsibility for the fact that I didn't differentiate myself enough. And when I started owning my own quirks, like I love fairy tales, I love like all these, you know, feminine things. Um, and I really started owning that part of myself. Then it was a lot harder for someone to come in and say, like, you took it from me. Like, no, there's a bunch of weird stuff here. Like, there's no way that you have a combination of obsession with Pomeranians and crowns and like, <laughs> there's just no way. <laughs> so, it, you know, part of standing out and not worrying about competition is really owning who we are and even the weird things. It could be our, our biggest strength too. Yeah. And if it doesn't feel good, you're probably on the wrong path anyway, right? <laughs> good point. <laughs> yes. If it feels like it's too much work and too much friction and you're fighting everyone around you, probably the universe is screaming at you to like, just take a pause and see what, see what can be changed. Yeah. And I think it was maybe on your podcast, you guys had Austin Cleon 
On? Yeah, we had him twice. I did him once. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I I interviewed him once, and Alicia interviewed him the second yeah, time. Yeah, so good. He, I love his little quotes and stuff. <laughs> I love his books. <laughs> um, he he said, "I don't something like this. Don't quote me." <laughs> but like, I he never really wrote the books that he thought people needed. He wrote the books that he like that he needed and that's why they worked it's 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 something he needed to read um and for him to like I think it's almost like his books are a reflection on like what is working in his life right and I think that's what is so successful about the queen specifically is you needed it and and turns out so many other people did too right yeah I think because I think we're a community communally and energetically we're all connected especially last year I mean there was no like that tragedy of what was happening in the world united so many of us and stripped away all our differences so freaking fast that (laughs) (laughs) the fundamental need for connection and support was like really what we you know needed at the time so I totally am with you and I also you know um there's a lot of business and whatever psychological advice out there, like, you know, survey your audience, see what they need. And that is true. I think listening is a big part of building anything, but at the end of the day, I think listening to ourselves is equally important, right? Like not treating ourselves as just like this amoeba that molds and adapts to whatever's going on around, but like honoring our own needs first and and then attracting the people that are similar. That's been the most fulfilling way to approach it for me. Oh, good. Yeah, no. And it's, we can feel it for sure. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, Not to say that it w- doesn't have its challenges, but I think no. <laughs> it has been the most, like, uh, hands down, the most, I don't want to say it was accidental. I definitely wanted to do something like that. I had no idea what it would look like, but it's the best thing for me. And I love it. I love you all. Yeah, <laughs> I love you all so much. It's scary. I love you so much too. And I love you and your space and every, and the messaging behind it all. Um, what else? Or what else? Okay. So <laughs> I know what I want to say. It'll come on eventually, but um, so specific goals mm-hmm. have always mentioned like reading self-help books. And then you set like, I remember you posted a little note, like a bath. Yeah, it is hard to remember all the things you say and do. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't expect you to remember. Note that you had found and it was like um, a money-making goal. And you had, I think it was like, yes. you're a badass at making money or something. And then you, you shift. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. That was really special to to see because <laughs> I didn't know I, I had those stickers all over the house at one point and I took them down and because they started like, you know, when the sticker gets old, like you can't get it off anymore. So I had to like get goo off. And <laughs> so anyway, when I first left my day job, um, unfortunately, it was a very crazy time because it was around the same time I lost my first business. So not only did I just become financially unstable, I also got rid of like the only solid income stream that I had. And it was really scary. And I also invested a ton of money into my first coach at the time to me, that was a mind blowing amount. It wasn't even that much, but you know, just not having that security. So one of the first things I've done with my coach and through listening to things like um, Jen Sincero, um, you're a badass at making money, listening to like everything from Tony Robbins to Mel Robbins to like any anything I could get my hands on, ears on. 
um, I started to write these affirmations. And one of them was from Bob Proctor, who I think his book is called You're Born Rich or something. Um, but anyway, he said, the affirmation is, I'm so happy and grateful now that money comes to me in increasing quantities from multiple sources on a continuous basis. And then you have to write the amount that you hope to make or want to make. So I wrote that amount. Uh, so thank you that I'm making, you know, at the time it was 125,000. And that was a huge amount at the time. Like, let me tell you, it was not near that. <laughs> so it was like really stretching me. Um, but I got used to it. I looked at it every day, you know, months went by and I was looking at it. While being in debt, um, losing my business, I had to like use credit cards. So I was quite a bit in debt and not feeling very good about my financial situation. But I would say it was like, what, two, three years later, it all, it like, it started to happen. And I, I remember just starting to see the numbers coming in and feeling like, okay, like it's not there yet, but like, I'm seeing the progress. Like it's, it's definitely better than it was. Not going down. Right. What? It wasn't just, going down. Yeah, it wasn't going down. And all in all fairness, sometimes it was like it was like dip, you know, what's not like this perfect steady little um oh. journey. It's like <laughs> but it it worked. And then this year when I posted that, I was like, oh my God, I literally just like now I think it was like almost triple that amount. And it was shocking to me. Um, because I didn't even notice it at that point. I didn't even have a, a specific financial goal like that, but it is really important to have goals. Even if you don't think you're reaching them, your subconscious mind will work on it because our brain loves to answer questions and to fulfill those gaps that we create for it. So even when you don't think things are happening, you'll get ideas for how to make it happen, even when you're not actively like pursuing it. So yeah, last year in the pandemic, like totally surpassed it and I was really like oh my god thank you thank you old self <laughs> for listening to all that stuff <laughs> and for doing it so I definitely encourage everyone to write that number or anything it doesn't have to be a number it could be a house it could be a studio it could be something you know that you really want to see in your life yeah for sure and yeah it doesn't even have to be something you can buy with money it can just be like I don't want to be with this partner anymore because they are Yes. <laughs> or whatever, you know, like it can be any sort of goal. And there's such strength in writing or saying something aloud, right? Um, so there's so many things in what you just said that I want to touch on. But no, the first where you began was coaching and like mentorship. There is such value in that. Don't you agree? Mm -hmm. As a coach or as a, as a client? Both. Or both. I think yeah. There's something to gain from every conversation. Oh my gosh, for sure. Right? I think the safety, like, you know, my boyfriend, when, when I started, when I hired my first coach, he was like, why do you need that? I can tell you all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't come through in the same way from your partner because there's so many, there's history, there's all these triggers and there's... It, there's something magical that happens when you're in a neutral relationship with a coach because you get to just express your desires, your biggest fears in a place. They don't, they care about you, but not in the same way as your partner does, right? They don't care. Um, they don't have a past moment with you where there could have been an argument or something. So it was so powerful. Just giving that space to others as a coach and receiving it. You know, I still work with coaches to this day for different areas. It could be fitness. It could be, you know, my creativity. And it really, it just helps me feel seen, especially if you start serving others, you do need to have support yourself too. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And they can see something that you're kind of missing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. They can start noticing or just asking you the right question. Um, even this morning I met with this, um, spiritual guide that I meet with once or twice a month. And she just asked me a question that literally made me cancel an event that I had. And it was, it was just like, Oh my God, I just totally, that was a self-sabotaging behavior. You know, just, just taking time to reflect on what you're doing is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, there's so many benefits. Like you, like, it's hard to even list them all, but even I had my first uh last year because we were part of like was it two years ago the canadian one thrive yes Um, yeah so i was in thrive and a lot of them recommended penny lane uh shen who is with days and confucius and i was like i i need something (laughs) so Um, yeah, I ended up having my, like a first few meetings with her. Um, cause I, you can't just do one. No. <laughs> like there's so much information, right? They can like really just, and she's fast. She's like, dude, dude <laughs> you need to change that, that, that. Like she's seriously to the point, which is great, but it's, it's something that you're not seeing. So she's like, stop. We don't know what's happening right now. Cause it was a year ago. We don't know what's happening right now. You're putting so much energy into applying for galleries. You're in two galleries. I don't know why you need more. Stop it. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to do, right? She's like, stop, set up your shop, do this and this and this. I tripled my income from having a coach. Like my income wasn't very big. So it's very easy to triple. Still amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But like to see that much of a shift just from some advice, you know, but it's useful advice. It's it's something you weren't seeing and you're when you're stuck in a, a destructive pattern or a pattern that's not working. It's it's like it's life changing. It's life altering. And it just gets you it gets you going. Right. It gets you excited. And you're like it, it's like in, you're in back in school with a teacher and they're like, you need to do this. And you're like, you're right. I do. I know. Don't you miss that? Like sometimes when you're stuck, like I really miss the part of college where people would bring me like an artist to reference or to, you know, I mean, Hey, check this artist out that's working with this subject matter or Hey, like, what if you tried this color? Like, Oh gosh, I missed those little tips. <laughs> yeah, on something else. Right. And get your, get your gears going, especially like creatively. But for me, it's, for me, it's always been business. Like I've always, kind of ignored that and like I think I got the painting part down yes I think you did too <laughs> you're but amazing every night I'm just like for six hours just painting and drawing like I think I figured that out I got so much artwork now that's <laughs> awesome it's because I didn't care about money like it, it it came to me but it came to me in the amount that I like needed to buy groceries and paper bills, right? Which is great too. And I made what I, I needed, but now I'm like, okay, I'm working my ass off and like, I'm burning out. Um, what we did with my coach worked, but to the point where I didn't notice I had burnt out, I made out over a hundred original pieces. Um, some artworks this year. Like, I wish someone had been like, hello, can you just stop for a second? What are you doing? And I literally had told like three other artists in my mastermind groups that 
<laughs> you are subconsciously talking to yourself so much, but I was doing it. Anyway, yeah. yeah so it big, totally makes sense. Big shift in gears, but that's, that's the, you know, that's the um, value in, in um, support and, and talking it out, talking yeah. all those things out with, with those people in your life. And we don't have, like, we can't have really like studio friends anymore. Not that I, in Loinman, where I live, I can't, there's not, there's like four artists. <laughs> I, you know, I have never, even since I moved to the studio, I really, I have my studio neighbor, Phyllis, and I still see her now, but I love kind of like having my space to myself. And I think it comes from not having a space for a long time. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay with like planning something cool with our community eventually. Um, but yeah, I think just having those focused conversations. And I just want to circle back to something you said about business. It's not that I don't think it's not that you don't care, like you haven't cared about money or business. I think it's like there are different seasons. And I think it's, it's okay to like, if you're truly inspired, and you want to focus on art making, then ride that wave, because there's a time where we're like tired, and we're like, okay, time out. And maybe then that's the time to sell and to market and to get creative with that. Um, to me, the biggest learning has been that it has to be a choice. Like, I never want to feel like, oh, well, I can never make that money. Like, now I fully know that I can. And if I choose not to hustle, if I choose to just be chill for a while, yeah. that's really empowering to me too. You know, it's not all yeah. about the, the money and the six figures. Oh. I think it's like knowing that you can, if you want to, if you like knowing that there's nothing stopping you, but like what would really make you fulfilled and joyful at this time of your life. And sometimes it is money and sometimes it's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you're right with like the seasons. Like I also had three children. <laughs> Oh yeah, that part. <laughs> so in that time, like creating did fit, right? But being on the computer and the marketing aspect and all of that stuff, that didn't really fit because I needed I needed time to myself and I needed that creation and that connection to that while I was actually while I was pregnant with Theo, I started this one and it took me forever because I actually just wanted to garden. <laughs> And that's what I did. It's amazing. It's so I just beautiful. was like, I need to re-landscape my yard and garden. I got like 30 tomatoes out of it. So that's awesome. All hard work. But you do, you do have to listen to your your side. And and everyone's at a different place and you have to like respect that. But uh, I wanna I wanna go back to what you said too, but with um uh what you did and what you've created, um it did have to take a certain amount of like discipline for you, right? Yeah, definitely. I think, and commitment, you know, I think it's scary to launch something and then, especially with a membership, because that implies that it's going to keep going on. So in the beginning, I think I definitely have my doubts, like, where is this going? Oh my gosh, what if everyone leaves? Um, oh. Questions questions every week I would have a new question like oh am I doing too much am I doing that enough like did I say something wrong did I you know it's just never stops so you have to just like be completely honest and have these check-in moments you know in the beginning where you said you're having a meeting with yourself like you almost do have to have a meeting it doesn't have to be soon I would go on walks every morning and just like is this still what I want to do and every week so far and Till this day, the answer is yes. Like I love the art queens. Even if I decide to like shift or 
um, polish or improve the way things are. I love the essence of it. And, you know, it can grow with me as I learn new skills, as I, you know, get new knowledge of how to run a membership, but it definitely took discipline and courage because yeah, committing to a membership was the scariest part. Scarier than a course, scarier to um, than a one-on-one client because that is gonna pass, you know, you're gonna go through that session and be done with that. But with the membership, that was probably the scariest, but also the most rewarding. And, you know, from that membership, I would like, I can't even explain how many new friends how many new clients, like just, it gave me so, so much. Um, But it takes discipline now in a sense, like every month I have to sit down and look at the next two months. Like what are the two sessions? You know, what are the topics? What's happening? And every week it is a commitment to check in and plan things, but it's totally worth it. And it feels, now it feels very intuitive. In the beginning, it was a lot of brain power. Like how does this work? But now it's more like just minor details and just going with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to, to set up and get going initially. And you probably were exhausted. Yeah. I was kind of like on this high. Uh, it was like an adrenaline high from also I was going through a very healing time, like with my own sobriety. So it was almost good that I had this big project to distract me. Mm. Um, and it's not, you know, I didn't have a physical addiction, but it was just part of my routine. I was going out with people all the time. So just kind of replacing that habit with another more positive habit was helpful. So I am grateful that it happened at that time. I don't know if I could do it again anytime soon. (laughs) That was massive, a massive launch for sure. Um, So along with like discipline and I like discipline is always like a really harsh word, but it's really, it's not, it's about sticking to healthy habits and routine and I love that you even said on your walk, like you took time to reflect on your walk. Like you think about, it's not like you're thinking about work, but you're just, you're coming up with those exciting ideas and you're seeing what works for you, right? Yeah, definitely. And also dealing with my triggers. So, you know, anytime anything would come up, there were hard conversations last year that I had to have. There was, you know, parts of education that I had to, go into which totally I'm grateful for but it was hard there were some conversations that were not kind um, from people who were not coming from a good place and just learning to navigate that (laughs) really it was important to, to give myself space to talk to myself and let myself know that I'm not responsible for other people because you do feel that way when you start it's your baby and uh it gets really hard but it's interesting too I think the biggest lesson with anything is just neutralizing it. Neutralizing it doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't necessarily mean anything about the other person. You know, it's an interaction or an experience and it's just information, it's feedback, so. Uh Can we talk about your sobriety? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, almost Um, a year. I mean, it's gonna be a year in like a few weeks. That's so great, I'm so proud of you. It, it's just like, oh, it's a hard thing to talk about. Even for me personally, in 2012, I also quit. Um, wow, congratulations. Like, I- yeah, thank you. So like from time to time, I have like a nice wine if we're having a nice fancy dinner. I don't yeah. call that like, yeah, it's, like, it's not like I'm having the bottle. Like I would have a bottle every Friday night. Like I 
you know, but there were destructive things happening in my life that were causing me to mask something else. Right. Um, so yeah, congratulations. I'm so proud of you because it really is such a freeing experience. Like you can actually literally see the weight coming off your, like, not just like emotional, but like physical weight coming up. Like my face. I remember like the first month, like my face just like was so puffy and then it wasn't. Yeah. It's crazy. I think like I looked at pictures of myself too. Like it was, even though I was the same weight, like it definitely like your face gets so puffy from drinking. Um, it's interesting. I never noticed. I mean, I didn't know. Cause I was just, <laughs> that was just what I look like. <laughs> so yeah. And I'm with you. Um, since I quit, I did have one glass of wine, but my rule was to not feel anything. So I had a glass of wine on Valentine's day with a very safe group of people and um, they, you know, I asked them like, don't let me have more than this. And I drank it over four hours. So I literally yeah. felt nothing, but it's I just like a treat. It's not like you were looking to feel a certain way. It was like no. a treat with food. Like Yes. And I, I wanted it to be an experience versus a habit. Cause it was yeah. a habit for me. Like I would go to or like the first thing I would do when I sat down at a restaurant or even go to an art fair was grab a drink. And it's like, I was missing on all the other stuff that was there. You know, I just didn't want that life anymore. Mm. Um, but it, it is such a healing thing. And I'm really proud of you for doing this too. I know how it's so hard sometimes, like when I'm really stressed or really tired, like, oh my gosh, I could totally go for a drink and just, it, you, you think you're just cutting like corners, right? You're just going to like shut it all out, but that's not how it works. No. So it's, All you have to do is think about the next day. <laughs> you'll feel exactly. like pretty much deter you from anything. You I literally get nauseous it. when I think of hangovers because I haven't had one in a year. So like when I think of like how I used to feel, I'm like, oh my God, how the hell did I? I could never do this. I could never have this membership. I could never coach people if I was still drinking. I'd be too tired. I would have no energy to give. <laughs> it's, it's such, yeah, it's like, it's, and it totally goes into what you're putting in your body. Your body's going to like give back to you and, and, you know, and when you, there's ways to feel high and there's natural ways to feel high, like with endorphins and moving. And it's such an important thing that I think is so missed and drinking is such a culture, like an accepted culture in our society. And I wish it would be um, acknowledged a bit more how destructive it can be. Yeah. For sure. And I didn't grow up like people in Russia drink a lot, but no one in my family, except for my grandfather, really drink much um, on a day to day basis. We just never had these conversations about like, you know, what is acceptable, what's not. So I kind of made my own rules, but those rules kept like stretching and allowing me to drink more and more <laughs> often. Um, and and it's some, you know, the grace that I have for myself for some of the periods in my life where I was drinking heavily. I was doing the best I could without therapy, without support. And so in a way, I am grateful that it got me through, but I no longer need that. So thank God that I'm here and fully present. <laughs> I think it is something you have to learn and just like feel out and, and you're like, okay, that's not for me. And some people can, I mean, some people are okay with it, but um, yeah, <laughs> definitely not for me. No, I and think, like, and I think I, about spending the next day with my kids and like, oh my God. I, is the other I thing get I physically do. ill. Like I, I get physically ill and I can't move. So for me, it's like very, 
Yeah. Now, yeah. Hashtag not worth it. Not worth it in any regard. Um, but that's okay. Um, also, I th- did you you're did you go vegan or vegetarian or I am mostly plant-based I still have meat like especially on days you know when it's that time of the month or on days that um I run like over seven miles then I feel like I need some meat and I just listen to my body um I'm not really strict with it but I do feel better I feel I feel like clear-minded and it's funny because I think I shared this on I don't know if you were there on the art queens but I actually started eating more carbs because for a long time I mean I had a lot of carbs through alcohol but I didn't actually consume healthy carbs so that's been a really interesting change and I feel much better like I don't crash as much so um it's funny and like everyone's like keto or and I was for a long time too I was on keto and then I was doing um like mostly protein and lean veggies and now I'm like, oh, wow, now I can eat pasta again. Life is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> My no. life is good. I can't live yeah, without like, it anymore. I feel like when it comes to that, you have to go with what you can consistently stick with. Yes. Right? And what is realistic. If you're looking to, like, I guess, really turn around your life and, like, like if you're drinking, like, pop, say. <laughs> Yes, you should probably cut out like pop and you're like hammering some bags of chips. Yes. Um, But as far as say you like chocolate, you can just like have some dark chocolate and then but also have some other things along with it or have a little bit after supper as like a treat, you know, if you can like, like balance. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah, I think I mean, it's maintainable. It sounds so simple, but is this culture thrives on like extremes? The one thing that is ruining your life, <laughs> you know, find out the worst ingredient ever. Like it's that's well, killing you. Really <laughs> <laughs> Coffee will make you die. Yeah. <laughs> like so, like it's just silly. But yeah, I'm learning that thing where you just like don't overdo it, and it's great. <laughs> I make these. I'm getting super food dorky now, but I make these um I love chocolate chip cookies um but I actually don't love like the normal ones because they make me feel gross uh but (laughs) so I went to a nutritionist or a dietitian not I think it was a nutritionist it was because I actually I have a gluten intolerance which is terrible and it sucks and it But thank goodness I did. But I make these cookies with like hemp hearts and chia and oats. And she said, throw in a can of black beans. And I was like, ew, (laughs) no, I'm not making my cookies with black beans. Like, could you imagine just eating a cookie and getting some beans? I was like, she's like, but you need to eat more protein. Cause at the time I was veggie. I was like, so I ended up doing it. And so you just blend it in at the beginning with like the butter and the like other things and you don't even notice and it's like stack full of protein, but like they're super caloric, like insanely, but I get my chocolate chip cookie or like five. Um, and <laughs> and your protein. Like you sent me home with that bag and I ate it in the car. <laughs> they're so, oh my God. You know, you get your cookie, you get your, and they're so good. And you don't, I even put zucchini in now. And my son saw me putting in zucchini. He's like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> What's mom? Mom lost it. Beans, zucchini, <laughs> broccoli. Every batch of your cookies that you eat, I make like 65 and I put them in the freezer. I wish they lasted longer, but they don't. 
That's amazing. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. But it makes total sense. Like in the Vietnamese restaurant, they have like bread bean desserts that I always find. I mean, they taste good, but I just can never get over the way they look. <laughs> no. <laughs> so weird. But you don't even know. They look like a normal cookie. And I'm like, okay, now I don't feel bad. And the protein yeah. is sugar. I love right? it. Nutritious, sneaky, sneaky mom trick. <laughs> what else can you put in the cookie? Yeah. What else can you squeeze I've in? tried several things and like spinach, no. Swiss <laughs> tart. <laughs> oh man, maybe you feel like blend it or something. You have a garden, you know, you always end up with too much Swiss tart at the end of the season. <laughs> so it like had strings in it. I was like, can't do that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm guessing those weren't the popular batch. <laughs> what no one even noticed we tried to prank my husband and we put uh chalk we did chocolate covered like cashews and chocolate covered brussels sprouts and we put them out on a platter and he didn't even notice he just (laughs) (laughs) we're like waiting we're like videotaping him this is how old i am we're videotaping we're we're phone recording whatever you call it we're recording and um we're like waiting for him to get one and we're all sitting there like laughing and he just I was like okay this has no climax it doesn't taste so gross have you tried it (laughs) it's like he loves chocolate so much it didn't matter he wasn't even tasting what was going in mine would totally know I mean he doesn't like chocolate either so that could be a problem but no like okay I have to put the chocolate chips in like an old backpack in like a closet <laughs> in like, the, or I'll go to make the cookies and nothing will be there. Uh, which is super frustrating. Oh my God. That's, that's how crazy. it is in my home with my four children. I count my husband as one of them. Um, four <laughs> boys. It's, it's a whole nother level. I don't even want to know what like happens when we hit teenager years. Like just be four. <laughs> You're going to be cooking a lot. <laughs> I know. I already cook like every meal, um, which is insane. But, you know, what goes in is super important to me. So um, plus I want if I'm eating something, it has to like taste super good. Right. For sure. Um, sorry, I got food dorky. I'll stop now. No, um, that was amazing. I mean, um, now I know if, if I ever come over to your house and you give me a cookie, I'm going to have to examine what the hell is inside. There's like broccoli in there. Brussels sprouts. I haven't tried broccoli yet. I'm sure cooked broccoli. Yeah, it's pretty strong flavor. Thing about black beans, I've actually put them in like banana cake and like banana chocolate chip banana muffins. Can't even tell. Yeah, that that sounds like it will be okay. Yeah, like it's just so good. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna make yeah, that for good. my partner, and see what he says he finds beans. <laughs> oh my god! Well, it's the reason why I'm laughing is because he ordered a 50 pound bag of beans uh, during quarantine, and we don't know what to do with them. So I'm gonna go home and make some cookies. <laughs> They're like a monster cookie. That's what they taste like. Oh my god! Yeah, um, I'll send. <laughs> I have to say, the recipe is so willy-nilly. I sent it to my neighbor. She's like, I, because I eyeball everything. Yeah. I'll have to send you the recipe. It's actually so good. Um, I know what the title of our podcast is going to be. Um, So... You're pretty young, right? Like you're 
how old are you? I'm like, how old am I? I always forget. Um, I'm 30. I'm going to be 33 this year. So 32. Oh, okay. We're super close in age. Yay. I'm just one year older than you. I thought you were like 28. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm, I am. I think it's the letting go of the drinking, <laughs> Revi- reviving me slowly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, do you think like you can like see it in your skin? I think so. Yeah, like okay. a little bit of a, like, woo. I think it's definitely more hydrated since, like, yeah. I remember waking up and my tongue being always really dry, so it can't be good for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're fairly young, and you have, like, um, accomplished quite a bit. Like, you you did, did you do four years? Do you have your BFA? Yeah, I got my bachelor's in painting. Yeah, and then you did some residencies right after um not right after I was really poor for a while so <laughs> I was just serving pancakes and stuff for a few years so I would say it was probably like I did that too <laughs> yeah it was really fun I still have nightmares about the cooks throwing things at me um <laughs> I was like I would say it was like five years after I graduated I finally started to like take chances and yeah it's when I started overcoming my fear of like selling work and making my own money too so yeah no I think like I even went over like so you started the zine and like what drive and you started and then it just like organically grew did you kind of just like were you always really driven and and you knew or did things just like organically just come together because like you you have like such a huge uh platform and and like you do have a lot of people like running things. Yeah, it was definitely really organic. The beginning was definitely really driven by FOMO because I was not getting any art related jobs. You know, I didn't have galleries. I wasn't selling my art consistently. So I was just feeling so scared that I'm going to waste my art degree and any art experience. So I just like I really wanted to be a part of the art world. So I was volunteering a lot at that time. And then that's when I started the magazine, just cause like I knew I obviously can't volunteer for a living. <laughs> so, um, and then all the other interests, you know, they were very organic, you know, as I built the magazine um, and rebuilt it again, I think it was natural to kind of share everything I've learned through our book and writing articles. It started with like articles on the Create website, me and Alicia started writing, we enjoyed it. So we wrote the book, you know, and then we started doing podcast episodes along those lines. And then we wrote the full version of the book and then coaching was like the next step. So it was always just like, what else can I do? Um, because I also get really bored (laughs) full transparency. I'm like, I don't want to do like, I can outsource that now that I know how this works. I can support someone else and I can try something else to keep myself entertained too. But like having an idea and, and being inspired and being excited about something, but also having the follow through. It's hard. I mean, some ideas are easier than others. I'll tell you now, like I'm tripping over this book that I'm writing. That's not business related, like this fiction book. It's hard to follow through because it has no purpose. Like I almost find it easier for something like our queens because other people are on the other side benefiting from it. And I know it's going to be useful and I know it will help them. But with something that's just like a passion project, it's so much harder to like sit down and do it because you're kind of like, what's the point? Yeah, It's weird, you know, and you don't want to think like that as an artist or a creative. Because you love it. And you have to feed that part of yourself. Um, and you know what, I think you'll find purpose 
if you just keep at it, right? Like, yeah. And also like another thing that I'm learning for sure. The other thing that I'm learning too, is like, I definitely am a painter and not a writer. Like I love writing stuff, but like, it's not what really fulfills me. Like I get this curiosity once in a while, but it's not a consistent, like if I don't paint for a while, I start getting antsy and like, I need to go paint or I'm going to like, someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> but with writing, I can just write for a little bit. And that voice is silence for weeks. Um, okay. So you, it's also good to experiment to see like, you know, is this really an important part of your life or is this like something fun that you do once in a while? Yeah. And those things are okay. Like, yeah, exactly. I think it's good to have, not everything has to be so many aspects of your life that are for that purpose. Exactly. So maybe you don't necessarily need that to be, you know, um, but like at the same time, you're like, I'm putting time in into it. So you want, you know, but, um, I totally get that. I feel the need to paint, Definitely. Like it's a hunger almost. And you have to, you have to feed it. But I almost feel like if you work, I didn't think that way about writing, but it was for a reason. It was because people for my whole life told me I couldn't. Mm. I I was really bad at it. And I, maybe I I was, I struggled, but it was only for lack of, um, it was mostly because there was so much negativity surrounding it. Um, I would get made fun of, or like I got to grade 12 and the first time a TA took me aside. So not even a teacher, but a teacher's assistant, because I feel like she cared. She's like, Brandy, has anyone showed you how to write an essay? And this is like grade 12. I'm like, no, I, no, I, no, (laughs) like maybe it was in class because I'm, but I'm such a visual learner. Like I'm an artist. So maybe if someone did throw it somewhere on a board or whatever, I probably missed it or like someone gave me a handout and I didn't read it, like, you know? And so she like sat me down after class and like took me through it. But still I went through university and like this one professor was super mean. She's like, you need to take an essay writing course. This is is ridiculous. I was like, thanks, I tried super hard. Um, I like the subject and it wasn't a matter of me not knowing the content or being interested. I was super interested in what I was learning. It was art school. Um, And then in my last semester, I took a history of Hitchcock course. So we got to watch movies the whole time. And (laughs) I was (laughs) so interested in, in everything Hitchcock did. And he did this call for whatever the essays and and I was the only one of the whole class who picked this one subject and it was the aesthetics of murder in uh, um, comparing like Thomas De Quincey, Oscar Wilde and Edgar Allan Poe. So the research in that was so, so cool. Like, and I was like the aesthetics of murder. And I literally, I'm like, this seems cool but I don't even know what he means. And he gave me an A plus and I know that it wasn't like really an A plus paper, but he knew I did the work. He knew I put in the time and was into it. Right. So he was so kind and that was like my first blossom. And this is how big, a, like how much teachers can impact a person in their life. Right. blossomed into something I'm like I can I can do this I can write and then 
it's now turned into, I am also writing a book and I'm super excited, but um, it was challenging. I agree with you. You're like, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> Every time you sit down, like, what is this? Who wrote that? <laughs> it's super time consuming, which if any writers are listening, they're probably like, uh, duh, <laughs> we know. <laughs> um, but the more and more I do it, the more it's becoming a creative habit and like an addiction to it. And now I actually, while I'm running or walking or doing something else, I think of something I need to say or put down or, and I really love, and you might like um, trying to write poetry because it kind of goes along with the like unstructuredness of creating a painting, right? Yeah, I think that's what I need. Actually, it's funny you say that. I was just sitting by the creek, just kind of letting random thoughts flow out. I'm like, this feels good today. Yeah. Um, but also, when, first of all, I totally agree with you. I think the power of words when it comes to teachers, we're so like unsure of ourselves during that time of our life. And to hear really discouraging things can be really hard. Like, that's what my block with drawing was. I used to draw all the time as a kid. But when in college, they said, oh, like, you know, you're not good at this, or you're not as good as this other person. Look at what they're like. I'm like, well, I can only do what I'm doing. Like, yeah. like, let me catch up. Let me, I've never seen this before. I've never drawn a box that makes up a human body before. Um, <laughs> so, or like, help me, right? Yeah. So I totally agree with you. I'm glad you had a good experience finally. But the other part that I wanted to say is, that is the other, like we started this conversation by talking about getting support and hiring help. And that's something that's been really healing for me too. Like knowing how much actually goes into, if you work with a traditional publisher, you go through developmental edits, you go through copy edits. So it's not that just you writing, your idea obviously is the most important part, but you're not alone and you don't have to rely on only your own expertise. Like there, there could be a whole team supporting you through this and polishing it with you. Um, and that's something to remember too, because even with our self-published book, we ended up hiring editors and design, you know, it's just, it's not all you, it's a whole project, a mm. book or any writing piece, I think is so taking that pressure off too, like knowing you can get help with the stuff that you're not as strong, you know, at. Yeah, like if there's a comma in the wrong place, like, oh. yeah, right. I don't even know where commas go. I'm like <laughs> comma happy. I'm like <laughs> commas everywhere. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even actually know what all those things are called. (laughs) (laughs) I'm seriously doing this like out of just like, it literally is a creative thing that I'm like, I need it to come out. Um, I don't know where it came from because of all that negativity, but I think it was just like, it was something that was always there. I just didn't know how to properly and the more I, the more I blog post, the more I write my poetry, I always write poetry now to go along with my artwork, which I find very easy, which poetry isn't an easy thing for a lot of people, but it's like, I can better explain myself through a poem than I can through like trying to write an artist statement. So I'm like, fuck artist statements. Well, I mean, who, no one reads them anyway, who cares? <laughs> but like, even in one of our, What's, oh, the queens, uh, the don't overthink it thing I did, the queens, yeah, I, and, and um, who came on and said, Brandy, I want, she like almost made me cry. Um, I was crying that whole day after that. It was so beautiful. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, it was like, (laughs) that was the best, it was a hard day, but it was like the best day ever because leading up to that point, I was so nervous and you know you're like are people gonna like what I have to say and it was so empowering because 
it was so well received and there was so much I could feel love that day like it was I feel love all the time but literally and it's a computer screen and like a chat <laughs> but literally couldn't you feel like love yes. like pouring out everywhere it was yes, I could actually like insane so it just gave me so much it lifted me right up and I'm like I can and I wrote that right so like I can write <laughs> and you can you like I just want to it shouldn't be so hard I just want to spread joy and positivity and make others feel the same way um, yes and you're already doing it I hope so uh when is your book, how, where, where are you at with your book right now I'm on page 90, I think, um, but the part when, and when we talk about like ideas and doing the stuff, I kind of looked into like the publishing world and I was like, that's super hard. And I like stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to self-publish? Yeah, I think it will be half it just because it's such a personal, like, um, I would really wouldn't want a lot changed. Uh, it's, it's such a baby in that way. And it's so unique that I don't think, plus I looked up like Canadian publishers and it's just a different ball game. I think I'm not going to be say, I'm not going to say I'm an expert in the literary, literary, like publishing world of Canada, but it seems a little bit nil. Uh, and I'm, yeah, I think I'll have to like maybe do self-publishing. And we did look into that, like KDP. Um, I want it to look nice, which isn't quite possible with KDP. Like, right, you can't get that like aesthetically pleasing. I mean, you can do your design. It's just that the paper is limited. Yeah. Not like it's the still, It still looks pretty good, but yeah, for sure. There are limits, but you can always do special editions for like a few special copies for yourself and like maybe top, you know, a few hundred people that are really specialty yeah like other people are they <laughs> it, it's, like, it's such yeah it's it's so close to my heart that like I'm I I don't know what to do it's I'm kind of stuck on that point right and I made the release date I extended it a year because I'm like I want to give it time and space and I want to have it be the best it can be obviously um but I have so many other ideas like when uh, was it Juliana, Juliana, who came on and she's like, I would love a book of your poetry. <laughs> oh, yes. So I was like, oh. Oh, my God. I would love one, too. I think this needs to happen. <laughs> but, and well, then I just have, like, so many ideas. But in order to figure out how to execute them, that is what, like, bombards my thoughts and stresses me out, to be honest. It's all possible. I think just do, do the stuff and the people there's always people who can help you with the details yeah I think it will just happen the way it happens and I have to like not try to figure it out today but just keep oh. maybe finish it first yeah right <laughs> I'm with you we will finish our books and we'll have a part two episode on <laughs> how we did it <laughs> I'm excited that you're writing a fiction book I think that's so interesting it's like it's so hard it's so hard it's so per it's like even more personal than like writing about yourself it's so weird <laughs> like really have to dig in and be like embrace like the darkness you know in some 
like in order to channel other characters unless it's like a really boring book where everything is perfect <laughs> yeah no and like there's a whole nother world and it's kind of fun to learn about like creating a character and like the structure my husband also bought me like right because when I told him who's in utter shock I have to say <laughs> um, I walked into the room and I was like I figured out the title of my book and he and his mom were there and they both looked at me like what the fuck <laughs> like and I was like did have I not told you guys that I wanted to write a book have I not mentioned <laughs> I have so much on the go because I raise I'm at home with my kids and they were just it took them a minute it took them a minute to like they're like granny because <laughs> granny what you're doing already is like a lot um you're gonna <laughs> And they probably read my writing. They're like, Ugh, or edited it. <laughs> and for a second, I was kind of mad at them, right? I was like, oh, you guys, I can do this. I super can. Like, I know I can. I thought of the title. I know, um, and I'll give you a little hint. It's, it's maybe I won't. I'll save it. <laughs> yeah, just save anyway. it. Um, save it. Part two. <laughs> yeah, so they took like, they took like a day to get on board. <laughs> But he bought me all these write, writer's books um, and they're so fun. And and it is like, it's fun to like research, like, you know, the past that your character had or, or you know what I mean? Like, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's even more fun than writing sometimes just to like see all these. Um, I am like reading all these kids books, not kids, but like young adult books now. And it's like, wow, I really, I really miss that. I used to just read all day after school. <laughs> I was a really yeah. fun kid. <laughs> I was a little bit, <laughs> I liked reading too. Um, I remember like when I was 12, like reading stuff that was way beyond because I was being bullied. So I like, there was a reading nook in our classroom. Oh. <laughs> it was very sad. And I like built a reading nook on my bunk bed. Oh. And, but that's where I fell in love with reading. So like that was important, right? um do you like harry potter yes yeah. <laughs> literally every episode of my podcast lately if someone mentions harry potter and i'm like this is amazing i manifested this this like <laughs> literally someone has been asking me about harry potter every day i don't know what the universe is trying to tell me but <laughs> i love her but i'm like a rough and tough flash dorky but that's like why i love it more oh my god i love it Ah, I need to go reread the Harry Potter books this weekend. I know. I it's been like I bet it's been ten years since because I kept rereading them <laughs> the worst way. I Every, wanted I wanted to save it for when um I read them to my children. I thought it'd be fun. Oh my god, you're gonna have so much fun. Yeah, you can get them in like a big graphic sort of novel sort of way now like the first few because I find those hard to read as an adult like the first two um but like the third one get into it right yeah oh my god they're so good every Christmas I watch all the movies um but I love I reread two years ago I reread the first one so yeah so good there's something about the movies that you can just like totally you're just like they're just so relaxing they're like my therapy I don't know what and they're so cute when they're kids like <laughs> it's just that escape right which we need from reality into like a fantasy world absolutely there's nothing like super like heavy about it 
it's just like, it is what it is. Oh my gosh, that was so amazing. I so, I'm so grateful that Kat uh, took the time to chat today because yeah, she's so special and and uh, supportive and it's, it was just wonderful. Um, so just a reminder to check out her artwork in our current spring collection, Born Free Live Wild, which is um, on brandyhofer.ca and um, yeah, support, support all the women in your life and believe in abundance and, you know, try to make your own black bean cookies if you want. <laughs> um, maybe I'll put the recipe in, uh, and good luck to you. But yeah, thank you for taking the time. We always appreciate you being here with us. Bye.